Welcome to Ecclesia Principles, a biblical strategy for believers to engage in God's design for government with Ray Eppard. Hello, glad you could join us again today. We're going to continue this week on our same overall topic as we had last week, and that is what I'm not saying. <laughs> uh, a lot of times when we get looking into teaching from the Word of God on uh, uh, the, the Christian's responsibility regarding government and then implementing biblical principles into government, then a lot of times people take it so many different directions and actually take it further than the Bible uh, is actually teaching it to be taken. If you would, as we referenced last week, there are boundaries that God has established in this. Now, when those boundaries are ignored, they do create problems. If you would, the ignoring of the boundaries that the Word of God teaches is what created the Holy Roman Empire. If you would, part of what we're not saying is we're not advocating something like the Holy Roman Empire, where, if, if you don't remember from school, the Roman Empire fell apart, the barbarians overran uh, Rome, uh, it was becoming fragmented, and it, especially Europe, uh, broke up into a number of different kingdoms, uh, very familiar with, the, very similar to the nations that we deal with today in, in Europe, only they're broken down even further now. But the, the Pope in Rome was really the power of Europe. That's why it had the name the Holy Roman Empire. In other words, the Pope largely directed things from Rome. Uh, he, he was not the king over those nations. Those nations had their own kings, but yet because of how they, because of the ignoring of boundaries, then they had to accommodate what he said just because he was the Pope. It wasn't about whether it was biblical or scriptural or anything like that, which, was, which is a violation because as we've stated, the, the church is one jurisdiction, civil government is another jurisdiction. They are separate, they have their boundaries. Those boundaries, if you would, do not overlap. Now what does overlap is a person in the church can also be in the government. A person in the government can also be in the church. That's not a violation. But at that point, and, and I'll just throw this out, our text today we're going to read is in Matthew chapter 16, and we'll read verse 18. The, the jurisdiction that God has established, again, he created four, self-government, family government, civil government, church government. At that point, each one of them 
have abounded. Ultimately, that's what a jurisdiction is. It is the territory or the areas, whether it's a physical territory or not, it, it can be a subject matter territory. Every jurisdiction has boundaries, that things that fall within its boundaries, things that are outside of its boundaries. And ultimately, our founding fathers, in establishing our Constitution and, and even the, uh, the Declaration of Independence, which is a founding document, it, it provides guidance to us, but particularly what is known as the Bill of Rights identifies the boundaries of civil government. It identifies the boundaries of civil government. Every jurisdiction has boundaries. There are things that it does not have jurisdiction over. See, even though the Word of God says things about the individual self-government, the church doesn't do away with the self-government jurisdiction. Each person still has their own decision to make. You know, Paul, in talking about giving, he said, let each one give as he purposes in his heart. Now, he went on to say, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. But he didn't tell them, so you better be giving a whole lot. He didn't do that. He said, let each one give as he purposes in his heart. There, we, the church is to teach the truth of the Word of God and is to encourage the implementation of that truth. But then individuals in self-government, in family, in civil government, have their responsibility and their choice, because it's their jurisdiction, to make that. That's what keeps what we're teaching from being the encouragement of another Holy Roman Empire. Let's go ahead and read Matthew 16, 18. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Now, here, again, the phrase, I will build my church. The, the word there in the Greek is ecclesia. Now, in all honesty, our English word church does not come from the Greek word ecclesia. It comes from an entirely different Greek word. And that, that word is actually used a couple times in the Bible. But ecclesia has no uh, English equivalent. If you would, it's like baptism. It's a transliteration. It was brought over from the Greek into the English with just some minor changes and adjustments. You go to a, an American dictionary, Merriam-Webster's, uh, something like that, and you can look up the word ecclesia, and you will see that it has a definition in there. It's, it has been transliterated. It has been carried over from Greek into English. And in all honesty, one day I was uh, decided, I had decided to do a, uh, a study of the etymology of the word 
church. I wanted to see what all it went through from ecclesia to church. Well, lo and behold, when I looked up the etymology of church, that's when I found out it came from a different Greek word. And I was shocked because I've always been told the Greek word for church was ecclesia. And it's not. It's just where the ecclesia was, they put the word church. Now, if you go to an American dictionary, you will find that in the time of Jesus, especially you go to one that gives a little bit more background, in the times of Jesus, in ancient times, the primary meaning of the word ecclesia was the name for the legislative body of the Greek city-states. So now, with this, isn't it strange, in talking to Peter, he said, who do, you, who do men say that I am? And they said, oh, you know, one of the prophets and so forth. And then he said, but who do you say that I am? Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Verse 17, Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but your father from heaven has revealed it to you. And he said, I'll say also to you that you're Peter, and on this rock I will build my ecclesia. I will build my legislative body. And if you would, if you look at verse 19, where he goes into whatever, he said, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. You bind, it'll be bound. You loose, it'll be loosed. That's what legislative bodies do. They allow things or they disapprove things. All Jesus' terminology here fits with the concept of a legislative body. Now, it does down below have a meaning of assembly. But for lack of a better phrase, uh, um, Bible scholars decided to use the lesser meaning by and large, because they just didn't think this other was right. But the other was the actual primary meaning of the word ecclesia, a legislative body of the Greek city-states. Now, with this, you see, some of that could be where the whole concept of the Holy Roman Empire came into being. That the church was to legislate. But see, in doing that, anytime we build just off of one verse, then we're prone to error. We have to have all of the verses in harmony. Doing it that way, again, violates the other jurisdictions. It violates self-government. See, under the Holy Roman Empire, the Crusades took place. <laughs> you know, the Inquisition took place. There were violations of self-government. There were violations of family government. There were violations of civil government because it wasn't recognizing the, uh, as Romans 13 one says, the authorities that God had established, plural authorities. God has established those four, self-government, family government, civil government, church government. He's established all four of them. All four of them have to be recognized. Our founding fathers of this nation 
particularly in the Bill of Rights, recognized all of those groups. And recognized, and basically the Bill of Rights is stating that the civil government does not have jurisdiction over these other governments, over self-government, over family government, over church government. First Amendment, you know, Congress shall make no law. Why would you make a statement like that? That statement means civil government, Congress, has no jurisdiction over the subject of faith. Can't establish it, can't prohibit it. That's the bottom line. Well, nowadays they're just trying to prohibit it. Saying, well, you know, uh, excuse me, they're, they're trying to prohibit it, saying, well, anything we allow, we're establishing. No, you're really just supposed to stay out of it. Just supposed to stay out of it. Can't establish it, can't forbid it. Because it's not under its jurisdiction. You know, I, I love the United States. I love America. And I, I love our Constitution. Now, not because of just, well, I'm patriotic. No, but they did a great job on the fundamental principles. You know, Amendments 1 through 10 of establishing a biblical basis for life in America. Now, with that, uh, again, we as Christians, because our, the basis of our government is biblical, we don't have to violate the laws of our land to practice our faith. But nowadays, people are ignoring the Constitution and are prohibiting people from exercising their faith. Anyway, we'll get into this more tomorrow. God bless you. Have a On day. our Ray Eppard pages. This program was brought to you by Victory Worship Center and World Outreach. Services Sunday, 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock, 200 Hammond Lane, Stanton, Virginia. To everything, there is a season, a time to plant and a time to harvest. Ecclesiastes 312. Augustus Seed is an independent, family-owned and operated seed company located in the Shenandoah Valley of Virginia. They provide quality seed, first-class genetics, and affordable prices. Get your seed and start planting today. Contact Augustus Seed online at AugustusSeed.com.